Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to the podcast called Fresh Hop Cinema. I am one of your hosts, Max Minardi. And I, in fact, am the other. Indeed, this is a podcast about craft beer and film each and every week. Episodes drop on Tuesdays. We talk about two craft beers, one film, 95% of the time. Uh, all those three things are brand new in the world. Uh, and sometimes they're not. But most of the time, that is the case. 60% of the time. All the time. Every time. Uh, is it every time or all the time in the quote? 60% of the time, it works. Every, every time. time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like you said, that's Johnny Summers. I'm Max Minardi. Johnny, where can people find us on the internet if they want to, let's say, rate and review our show or get in touch with us or anything? Well, rate and review, I'd start at iTunes. Fair. That's where the, the money counts, the rubber meeting the road happens. The rest of the places would be at Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Twitter, and that's it. Yep. And uh, at FreshHopCinema.com. Yes, exactly. You can also support our show financially at patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. You get access to bonus content. Uh, if you live in the Northern California area, you get invite. Well, you get invites no matter where you live, but you're more likely to come to our events if you live in uh, Northern California. There's other stuff too, but mm-hmm. just look on Patreon. If it seems like it's your speed, uh, do it. Yep. It would be awesome. You can do it for like four bucks a month. It's like a dollar a week at the bare men's. So do that. Bare men's. Bare men's. Uh, really quick disclaimer. We have... Um, a thing happening. There are new neighbors and there's a pit bull that is apparently living in their backyard and he's not quiet. And he's not allowed in the house, apparently. I guess not. And yeah. it's pouring rain. So we're dealing with that uh, step by step. Today's the first day uh, we tried to go over and talk to them. They did not open their door. So that's where we're at. So if you hear barking of a dog in the background, uh, trust that that will not be a long-term thing. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. And yeah. that's an early introduction into the bothered segment of our show. Oh, I'm just going to leave it out. It yeah. doesn't bother me that much. I'm over it. Unless yeah. I hear it, that's going to bother me. But yeah, whatever. I don't care. Till it starts to affect the sound quality of this show. <laughs> one thing I'm like, oh, that. And then heads will roll. Uh, in any case, that is one of the many uh, maladies in life that can be solved by the consumption of a combination of water and grain and hops. And I believe we're going to drink some of that. Yes. Yes, Johnny, we are. You picked out this beer. I did. You brought it from, I think, uh, Final Gravity. Yeah, which is a place down in Roseville that we talked about uh, last week's episode. So if you want to know more about that, it's a cool little spot, bottles taps, etc. Johnny grabbed our beers for the show last week, and uh, one of them or both of them this week? One of them from there. Okay, this so week. just this one. Uh, it's a beer called Clear Understandings and Dank Intentions. It is brewed by Flatland Brewing out of Elk Grove, California. It makes sense why it was in Roseville. Mm-hmm. It's a double IPA. It's a West Coast double IPA. Clocking in at 8.2% with 70 IBUs. Made with Mosaic, Mosaic Cryo Hops, Simcoe, CTZ, and Terpenes, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, off their website, we have a traditional West Coast double IPA with a modern twist, uh, packed with all the hops I just listed. Uh, you'll get underripe pineapple, dank herb, pine sap, and a sugar cookie-like malt character. The hop sweetness balances out the bone-dry finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've often talked on this show about the seemingly couple years long trend of IPAs going yes. towards the East coast and juicier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know for a fact that you tend to lean towards West coast IPAs. Yep. Uh, I've never heard you complain about a double versus a single. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what you think. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the label before we taste it? Oh. Anything? It's a really, we talked about this, I think last week off the air no. or maybe that was the other one, but either way, it's a really cool label. It is. It's like a origami rose, like starburst looking thing. Very, uh, geometric, almost kind of trippy. Yeah. It's a really nice color. 
Yeah. I think that's important to say. It is. It's like shades of off-white. It's almost like my shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's it's eye-catching. It's like a sage. It's a very mellow. Yeah, yeah. Sage almost is great. sage with like off-white. Uh, I got it because picked it up because the label looked cool, and I'd never heard of Flatland Brewing, and uh, obviously something out of Elk Grove this local. Sure, got to try it. Did I say that we're in Chico, California? I if I didn't so. say that, we are <clears throat> still. Yeah, still fact. Have you tried it yet? No, not yet. I was just smelling it. It smells like you would expect. It smells very danky. Super like if you blind nosed tested this, it would be a West Coast IPA, no doubt. You have tasted it though. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, this is exciting. That's really good. Nope, that's tasty. Uh, so this is actually canned on November 4th. We're recording this on December 2nd, I think. Mm-hmm. So just under a month, which is a great time to be drinking this kind of beer. It's primo. Less than a month is, is yeah, primo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think this brewery's only been around since 2016. I didn't write that number down, but uh, I do believe that's what I saw on their website. And that's pretty impressive. I mean, three years, uh, maybe a little bit less in cranking out a beer this good. Yeah. I assume. I'm going to try it now for the first time. But you seem impressed. Oh, this beer is punchy. Man, like it. It hits you with all of those just robust. I need to stop saying robust. That's a good word. I know, but I say it at least twice every episode. That's fair. <laughs> like use better words. Let's, yeah, okay. Um, it's it's round and and punchy yeah. with hops. This thing yes. really it does punch you right in the mouth with with the hops and those terpenes, which are from marijuana. Yeah, technically is what we're gonna get at. So we reached out to to the brewery and we got a comment from the owner and head brewer. And I'm gonna do my best here. Andrew Mozenza Dagan is how I'm going to say his last name. Uh, Andrew, if you're hearing this, please feel free to correct us. Or if you know Andrew or you've been a long time drinker of their beers and you know better than we do, please let me know uh, how to pronounce it. Yeah. Which actually we didn't say our email is fhccast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, Andrew says this. We wanted a clean, bone dry West Coast double IPA to showcase some old school flavor. In the current market, the fruitier the hops, the better. So we went the other direction. Dank, resinous, and dry. It's what got me into West Coast beer to begin with. So we're paying homage. However, we did utilize a special component that is cannabis-derived terpenes, named after the strain Sunset Sherbet, which adds a lot of floral and orange zest character. Super zesty. Super zesty. Uh, I still haven't talked about uh, what I'm tasting. And it, it smells and tastes like weed almost, too. It does, it's, man. There's, yeah, like, I don't, you know how some people are just like, oh, I love the smell of weed. Like, you walk in the room and it smells kind of weedy. You're like, mm-hmm. I love that. It reminds me of whatever. I hate that smell. Mm-hmm. I just, which might make sense to you. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't hate it in beer. Mm-hmm. It's, so this is great. It's desirable in yeah. beer. It means good things are on the horizon for your yeah, face. Sure. It's. I mean, this is a solid beer, man. I'm. I'm very pleased with, especially for 8.2 percent, how light it feels. Yeah. Like it is bitter and it's present and bright, but it's not. Um, it's not so bitter that you get lost in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of the very early West Coast IPAs, like I think Arrogant Bastard, um, or even even a Lagunitas IPA. I always go back to that. Well, Arrogant Bastard wasn't an IPA. Was it not? No. What is it? It's an ale. It's like an, it's a stone ale, right? Yeah, some it's a stone, well, stone brewing, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a an ale of huh. some sort. I could have sworn it was an IPA. I don't think so. Well, maybe it's one of those that I associate with the first time I ever tried a really bitter beer. Totally. So maybe I'm just comparing those two things in my brain for sure. But like stone IPA, the Green Label, totally super hot bomb. Yep. And stone, by and large, was known for their super hot aggressive. West Coast. Like that's that's kind of their thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the we did a I think we did they had like like a triple. Arrogant Bastard. Do you know what it's called off the top of your head? Oh, it was Triple It was it Triple Exultation. Yeah. No, that was something else. Okay. I think that was a barley wine we did. I don't remember then. All right. Well, very, yeah, very aggressive beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to the point of this one, I don't think it's as aggressive, which actually works pretty well because it does, it does lean more towards like a bright, like I was saying, um, clean, easy drinking IPA rather yeah. than something that like destroys your palate. Yeah. It's got a super nice flavor. Like it's yeah. really drinkable. 
this is quite enjoyable for both of us, regardless of how bitter it is or how bitter it's not. I think it's a solid representation of a West Coast IPA. Oh, yeah. Agreed? I like it. Yeah. Um, how much was it? Four forty nine. Perfect. Uh, that's that's great. That's a good deal. That is a good deal. For an 8.2%, super fresh, super I still can't local. believe it's 8.2. Yeah. That seems, I mean, it seems wrong. It doesn't feel, I mean, we drink, we'll drink the rest of it and we'll mm-hmm. see. Man, that's a pretty good indicator. It has such a nice aftertaste too. Like you, I know. You, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't destroy mm, you. It's just like, mm, yeah. yeah, great. It's pleasant front to back. One of the more pleasant double IPAs I've had in recent history, I think. Is that right? Yeah. It's real good. Yeah. I just got a four pack of the Kern River Citra Double IPA though, which is like one of the is that pretty good. It's like one of the best rated, whatever mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm, on the internet's mm-hmm. by the peoples that write those sorts of things. Uh, I'm interested to see how this holds up against that. I'm gonna drink one when I go home, so sure. I'll let you know. Please do. But, uh, let's give it a rating. Yeah. Wait, is there anything you don't like about it? Hmm. Maybe that I only bought one. Good. Good endorsement, man. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, I don't think there's anything jumping out to me that I don't like. It's it's I do, certainly wouldn't call it forgettable. Um, not even close to that. It's it's just not going to jump out to me as my top probably ten double IPAs that I've had uh, in the past year or two. Right. But it's really really good. I would never be upset if I had this again. Yeah, and I kind of want to go there now. Like that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Again, if I remember correctly, I think they uh, lean pretty heavily on sour beer production. Okay. Uh, again, memory. I think it's like twenty four barrels they have dedicated to. Wow. I should check those numbers. But um, all that to say, I don't think this is sort of their their go to style all the time. Well, they so, did it well. Yeah, so it might be fun to go down there and kind of see what their regular offerings are. Field trip, yeah. Uh, clear understandings and dank intentions. Johnny Summers out of ten. Out of ten, this beer feels like uh, like an eight point seven. Nice eight point seven for you. It's a nine for me. It's yeah. really really good. It's really good. It's a fantastic beer. Yeah, I would seek it out and like over eights. I'd say you'd travel a little bit for it. Yeah, I would. I would drive to Sacramento for like a four pack of this. Sure. Do you know if it's in the market here? <clears throat> I haven't ever seen it. That's kind of why I picked it up. Yeah, it was one of those like Sacramento hyper local. Yes. Yeah, yeah mean, we've seen a lot of breweries, especially in the Sacramento area, uh, distribute more south mm-hmm. than north because I think maybe accepting chico like there's not a whole lot up until like what do you mean medford or like ashland maybe yeah so yeah it makes a lot more sense to head south i think for distribution purposes yeah but i appreciate it when we get good stuff for sure we're lucky to get in the sacramento distribution network a lot um i'd like to see this beer more I would definitely reach out for it. Yeah, for sure. Do we know if they have like a tap room or anything like that? Uh they do they do have a tap room. Cool. I'll find out. Yeah. If they do, I mean, they do. So I want to go check it out. Elk Grove is super close. There's also, um, we'll put this to bed, but I want to mention a new brewery also. So once again, Flatland Brewing, check them out. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're let's see, there's definitely a brewery. They have a, a dedicated bar as well. It's, uh, I think, attached to their brewery. Okay. Uh, if you want the address, it's on the internet, but um, it's in Elk Grove. It's right off the 99 uh, on the Camera, Camera Road exit. Okay. Dude, I'm totally going to check that out. Yeah. It's right off the freeway. Uh, they're not quite attached, but they're very close. Yeah. There's a new brewery in um, Roseville, too, I want to say. Mm. Where's Old Town Pizza? It's downtown Roseville. I don't know. Uh, Old Town Pizza is like one of the best pizza places like in the area. They're Sweet. amazing. Are we putting this one to bed? Yes. Okay, really quick. That was then Clear Understandings and Dead Contentions from Flatland to Rest Ye Go. I already said that. Did you? Yeah. You said all the way to bed? Uh-huh. Oh, you said, I, th- I want to put this to bed, and then you started talking. I thought you meant you were going to say more about this. Oh. My mistake. It's fine. Keep it up. You know. Old Town Pizza. This beer is good. It deserves two tuck-ins. Fair enough. One Both from, sides. One from Daddy and one from Daddy. <laughs> Am I right? You are not wrong. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, one of the owners, I believe, of Old Town Pizza started a brewery called Slice, and they are supposed to be doing some really good stuff. They just opened, like, November 18th was their public opening. 
uh, and I really want to go check their stuff out. Yeah, Slice Beer Company yeah. in Lincoln. In Lincoln, yeah. It looks really good. And Lincoln is big. Like, it stretches all and the it's, way in. Lincoln's Lincoln. growing. Yeah. it's it's. I think it's, yeah, the, the kind of offskirts of, of Sacramento mm-hmm. are, are moving a lot. It's like Lincoln, Rockland, Roseville, yep. Sacramento. They're all just becoming one big thing. Yep. Um, but, yeah, they look like they have, like, a really nice bar set up. Their tap room looks dope. Their beers. Granite countertops. It looks really nice. And their beers are supposed to be pretty damn good. Um, so they're going to be on my list and I actually messaged them on Instagram and they are going to be doing some canning and crowling and they, nice. Yeah. I mentioned doing it on the show and they're like, come get it. Okay, cool. So yeah, they've got six beers going right now. Nice. Uh, and they look to be leaning towards, uh, hoppy stuff, hoppy and hazy. In fact, I will say only hoppy stuff at the moment. They have one blonde ale and other than that, a couple of pale ales and IPAs, but mm-hmm. outside of that. Yeah. It looked like they were crowling and I, I'm imagining they're going to can pretty soon. They're kind of coming out of the gate with a pretty sound marketing strategy, yeah, which is what, how well, would you describe it? I mean, it's clean. They have a very good aesthetic. Um, it reminds me of like the cleanliness of like a modern times marketing strategy. It does, yeah. Their logo is very identifiable. They've got a distinct look font. Like I like their, their branding already. I think they're doing it right. Yeah, it's very it's very like late 2010s. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, like I feel like it's a millennial owned business. Yeah. Like coming into adulthood and be like, we can make this clean. We can market it well. We can make pretty good stuff. I would mm-hmm. assume. Yeah. Like these guys um, just looking. I haven't had any other liquid, but like uh, Slice, Urban Roots and Moxa yeah. are, th- are three places that you can just came out of the gate uh, clean and like with a really nice image like. It's not like some of those breweries back in the day where like came out and then had to like completely revamp. Yeah, you know, sure. if you think back to the early days of New Glory, they had a completely different logo, completely <laughs> different brewing strategy. Like they pretty much turned that whole brewery around uh, about five years ago. Yeah, and it's yep. it's been a crazy upswing. They just modernized and got with the program. But yeah, I like the look of this place and I get like a good vibe from it. So I want to check them out. So look for them on a future episode. Deal. Uh, okay, let's move into flick picks, my friend. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. All right. Uh, and you watched the film from 2015. I did. Called Slow West. Yeah, it's been on my list for a really long time. And I'm trying to just knock more stuff off of my, my watch list. Mm-hmm. And there's so many movies to catch up on. And uh, this was an A24 released Western weird movie, I would say. It's not shot from the traditional like Western ethos standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's got a new point of view. It's from a, I believe, Scottish immigrant okay. named Jay, who is coming here to pursue his the love of his life that moved here with her father to America. And he's going from east to west. And so it's like this journey west to find her. Sure. And the twist, like the original angle is that they're actually uh, his... Her name's Rose and her father are wanted for murder. Uh-oh. And he meets up with this guy. It's kind of a ruffian played okay. by Michael Fassbender that offers to guide him to them. Plot twist. He is like a bounty hunter. Fassbender is? Yeah. Sure. Going to get them for the bounty. And then they have like, that's where things get interesting. There's people following them. They get close. Uh, his perspective shifts a little bit, but uh, it's a really stacked cast too. Um, what's his name? The dude. Oh my God. I was going to ask uh, you about cast and I need to at some yeah. point know who directed this. Also, uh, Ben Mendelsohn was in it. Oh, sure. And then, uh, Rory McCann was mm-hmm. in it. What's mm-hmm. the kid's name? You tell uh, me. Cody Smith McPhee. No, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's been in some stuff and it was directed by John McClane. John McClane. Mm-hmm. The John McClane. 
<laughs> I don't know. What an interesting name to have to be in the movie business with. Yeah. And the what is this app called? Letterboxd Review, or little synopsis says, yeah. In the Old West, a 17-year-old Scottish boy teams up with a mysterious gunman to find the woman with whom he is infatuated. Yeah, fair enough. So it was an interesting movie. I really liked Fassbender in this. He's a great actor all the time. Uh, and the the young kid, McPhee, mm-hmm. was really good. And it was an interesting take on a Western. It was definitely had like an indie feel to it. Sure. Um, it was incredibly violent out of nowhere at certain points. Yeah. And a lot of like kind of what the Old West probably was like. Um, there was some real interesting points. And then there was some kind of like there was one scene at the end that was so tongue in cheek that it was like this obvious metaphor, but it it struck me as humorous and I think they did it really well. I think overall it was a well-written film and it was above average. If you're in the mood for a, like a Western with more of a modern take. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of, um, there's not a lot of that in movies. So I think there's, I mean, we can get into how that ties into knives out, like the unconventional telling of a whodunit Mm -hmm. and the unconventional telling of a Western. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. It was good. It was, it was told from several perspectives and you had, Fassbender being the he was actually the narrator of the film. It was narrated. He narrated, but briefly. It oh, wasn't okay. overly narrated, okay. but it was. There was times where there'd be a scene, and the he was the voice. Yeah. Okay, so it sure. was brief narration. I wouldn't say throughout, but uh, worth a watch. There was some beautiful scenes. It was all shot in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, just wide. I mean, if you're familiar with like Lord of the Rings, you know. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of like prairies and stuff there too that looked very much so like the old west of the United States. Right. So really beautiful to watch too. So you'd recommend. I would oh, recommend. Yeah. yeah. And it's streaming on Netflix. There you go. Like it's a really high quality movie. It's better than Christmas with the cranks. Like Fair. put on something good. Yeah. So yeah, I would recommend it. Great. It slow West. Slow West. So I had a bit of a life changing. Every few years I have a life changing release that happens on Netflix. Okay. And it's whatever Mike Birbiglia puts out. <laughs> Uh, in this case, he put out uh, what's called the new one. Uh, it's his newest stand-up special, obviously. Um, it came out on Netflix on uh, November 26th, so just a few days ago. He has done such things as, in terms of his stand-up, uh, Thank God for Jokes, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, um, and I think Sleepwalk With Me is also on Netflix. And what I should have said was no. And that's people quote him on that sometimes. Yep. <laughs> um, anyways, Mike, I'll just read you kind of some stuff I wrote here, but I, I think it's really, really good. But you have to like Mike Birbiglia. So a brief history uh, is that I've been a big fan of his for like eight years. I stumbled across Sleepwalk With Me, the movie, and then rabbit holed my way into uh, my girlfriend's boyfriend. I will forever swear by that being a perfect example of storytelling. Uh, And I don't think I've seen anything better than that in the format. I don't think I ever will, which is fine. Um, He has a podcast called The Old Ones. He did to kind of promote this show. Um, He made a movie called Don't Think Twice, which was fantastic also. Uh, So all that to say, I'm grading uh, the new one on sort of the Mike Birbiglia curve. And it's like, it's, it's miles ahead of like everything else I've ever seen from stand-up comedians minus maybe Nanette, uh, and, uh, what the heck's it called? Uh, make happy from Bo Burnham. Um, that said, it's not particularly his best, uh, without giving anything away. I'll say for the first half of the show, it's easily the strongest, um, which isn't usually the case with his work. Uh, a lot of the subject matter though, then drifts into like the overly familiar. It's, it's about him having a, a kid recently and kind of what that is like. And I think that's something that comedians tend to do. Often, uh, in the past, his work has been very much like totally new. It's, it's all personal experiences. A lot of that are unrelatable, but in a macro sense, very relatable. And this is like, I had a baby and then this is how it felt. And everybody's like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so while it does kind of drift into the, uh, known, 
I didn't care. <laughs> like, yeah. it's fucking awesome. Like, he's open. He's honest. He's vulnerable. Um, he's not afraid to paint himself in a bad light. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when the potentially funnier road might have been a different one, he stays the course. He serves his narrative. Uh, he's such an unabashed storyteller that no matter what, the stories always inform the jokes and not the other way around. I know a lot of comedians will, uh, like, make a joke and then kind of put a story to fit it, and he never does that. And it shows, and even though it suffers sometimes, I think it works to serve kind of the greater cause. Um, it's just a brilliant new telling of the story of his life, and even though it's not his best work, if you're a Mike Probiglia fan, go watch it. I would I would take that a step further and say if you're a fan of stand-up comedy, because I, I, I yeah. absorb pretty much all the stand-up comedy I can, mm-hmm. um, and this is above average in the pantheon of stand-up comedy available right now, mm. so... Not only as a Mike Birbiglia fan myself, I would say watch sure. this just because I also really enjoy his work. But as a stand-up fan, it was unique. It was, um, I would dare to say, original. Oh, I know sure. he did tread on some some topics, but I mean, his take on them was or was original. And I think what you're saying about how he's not afraid to paint himself in a bad light became very abrupt and like a little jarring in a few places. Yeah, and for sure. like the raw like honesty of it it reminded me of neil brennan's special three mics sure. where he just got deep into like his own issues and stuff like that so yeah i really enjoyed it it was like yeah. thought provoking but also funny and like wow that was a really mike Burbiglia take on having a kid it's interesting too cuz like there's this there's this particular moment in the in the filmed uh, the netflix one i say the filmed one because i actually got to see the show live oh okay uh, i think it was uh, last august maybe he's been working on it for a while nice gianna and i drove down to berkeley to catch it live uh, so he's he had it on broadway i think that's where they filmed this special was on broadway yep um, but mike Burbiglia has said in his own specials like i'm a pretty safe comedian not so in this one, like he's really sort of branched out into sort of the darker recesses of his humor. Like there's a lot more strong language in this, um, a lot more graphic stuff, mm-hmm. no, nothing that would hold a candle to like a graphic comedian, mm-hmm. but it is different. So that's probably worth disclaiming. Yeah. Also, um, uh, he brands his thing as like a one man show first and then a stand up special second. Mm. So I would also throw out the disclaimer that if you are a stand up special kind of person that likes, like you might be a redneck if, or if you like the, 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 a more set traditional up punchline. Like this is maybe not your speed. Yeah. Though I will say, if you take out what your preconceived notions are of a stand-up special, this might be right up your alley. Totally. And again, if you like Mike Birbiglia, I think it's not his best. Nothing's ever going to beat my girlfriend's boyfriend, probably. <laughs> but it's really good. Nice. Uh, again, that's the new one, Mike Birbiglia. It's on Netflix. And I think we're both going to endorse that. For sure. I loved it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you watched it. Oh, yeah. I, I, anything he does, it's immediately. I literally watched it the night it came out. I watched the garbage stand-up special last night sick yeah uh do you care to talk yeah (laughs) Uh, i was actually i was updating our twitter like i didn't find it on netflix i saw mike rabiglia tweet something and it was like the new one's on netflix it's like there's no way i would have heard about that surely Mm -hmm. and i just happened to see that tweet the night that it was released nice and i gianna was out there watching something she was very invested in stop and i was like listen i'm about to change your night Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is and we just turned off whatever she was watching and watched that yeah because it was was the best not as important no nothing is that's awesome. Can we go to break? Yeah, we can take a break. I'll tell you about that terrible stand-up special off-air. That sounds great. When we come back, we're going to talk about Knives Out. If you haven't seen it yet, don't you worry your pretty little heart, because we're not going to spoil it until the very end of the show. Uh, we do have some fun things to say about it. I think it was a very fun movie. I hope you think the same, Johnny. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back with that after this.
Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in need of some delicious food, beer, wine, cocktails, and maybe even a gift card to sneak under the tree for Christmas, you should go down and check out The Handlebar right here in Chico, California. It's a great place to eat. It's a great place to drink. It's a great place to bring your family. And they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all their draft beers. Again, seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's The Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Take your family down. Take your friends down. Take yourself down. Don't forget, they've got gift cards. So give the gift of the handlebar this holiday season. I'm Detective Lieutenant Elliot, and this is Trooper Wagner. We just want to ask a few questions. We understand the night of his demise... The family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. How was it? The party? Pre my dad's death? Oh, it was great. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to request that you all stay until the investigation is completed. Can we ask why? Has something changed? No. No, it hasn't changed, or no, we can't ask. I'm gonna live till I die. You think one of his family walls, walls. killed? Is that what you're suggesting? You all love twisting the knife into one another. Up your ass. Oh, very nice. Matter of fact, eat shit. How's that? Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. Something. Spill it. I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. <laughs> when renowned crime novelist Harlan Thromby, played by Christopher Plummer, is found dead at his estate just after his 85th birthday party, the inquisitive and debonair detective Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig, is mysteriously enlisted to investigate. From Harlan's dysfunctional family composed of various characters played by Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Chris Evans, Catherine Langford, Jaden Martell, and Ricky Lindholm, to his devoted character, caretaker, excuse me, Marta, played by Anna de Armas, who you might remember from Blade Runner 2049. She played uh, Ryan Gosling's sort of digital uh, lover, girlfriend person. Uh, Blanc sifts through a web of red herrings and self-serving lies to uncover the truth behind Harlan's untimely death. This film was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, who uh, most people might know from The Last Jedi in 2017, uh, or you should know him from Brick in 2005. We've talked about Brick. Recently, I watched it on a plane to my honeymoon. It's uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's sort of a like a like a neo-noir crime thriller set in a high school. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. It's like it's, it's what you would expect from that kind of movie, but in a high school setting, so it's all very jarring and strange. Uh, which might be our second tie into how directors like to subvert sort of genre expectations like you were talking about with Slow West. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that happens here quite a bit. But meat and potatoes numbers. This came out on Wednesday, uh, November 27th, the day before Thanksgiving. It runs two hours and ten minutes long. It's rated PG-13. Uh, so it has been technically – I'm going to count that whole time as its opening weekend. Um, but as of the 2nd of December, it's made $70.9 million uh, on a production budget of $40 million. 
Johnny Summers. Pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. Uh, this is like very heavily marketed as like the go see the movie with your family at Thanksgiving movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that worked because yeah. I mean, I saw it um, Sunday night. Uh, so not nearly on the Friday and Saturday where it made like $10, $10 million each night. I think that was kind of the big weekend yeah. dates. So I don't know how much the uh, extended thing, extended five day thing really made a difference. Um, obviously people being home for Thanksgiving probably played a factor. Thanksgiving is always crazy at the movies. Yep. Um, but what did you think? I mean, we've seen trailers for this movie for a while. Were you excited for it? Um, what were your expectations and then what were, what was the reality of your viewing experience? I was very excited. The trailers make this movie look awesome. I had pretty reasonably high expectations. Um, and I will preface this whole thing with the fact that I usually do not like whodunits. Sure. Not much at all. Okay. Like at all. Do you, can you think of any that you particularly don't like? Like, I, what are your thoughts on Clue? Clue? Which is kind of the goofiest version yeah. of this, but like... No, not no. a fan. Or how about... Did you ever see, like, the original or the remake of the murder on the Orient Express? No. Okay. It just looked like something I wouldn't enjoy. Because it's a whodunit. Yeah. They're yeah. all just... I don't know. I don't I don't dig on it. I'd rather see, like, a mystery Sherlock Holmes Just not something that movie. interests you. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. But this one looked fun. The, the cast looked amazing. Uh, I mean, come on. You can't shake a stick at this cast. I know. Like, just ridiculous. Yeah. It looks so good. Uh, this whole thing needs to be also prefaced with the fact that I had an absolutely terrible viewing experience. Oh, no. Oh. Had yeah. an absolute awful time at the theater. Okay. It was real bad. The whole time? The whole time. All right. Yeah. She wouldn't stop talking. Just sure. Person, two sure. seats. Snack- oh. <laughs> <sighs> and I'm a pretty good judge of character. If I would have said something, it wouldn't have gone well. It's an important thing to factor. Yeah, because yeah, the people to my left, I actually shushed audibly. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't affect the person behind. <laughs> no, like the person to the right obviously didn't hear that. But anyways, I might rewatch this again just because I was like simmering at like a 45% angry. You don't think you can separate it from the movie? No, man. All right. I don't think I can. I'm going to come by that honestly and tell you forthrightly. No, I can't. I don't think I can. Okay. I tried. I really so tried. Then, so then you didn't love this movie? Uh, overall, uh, it was disappointing. There was things that I would like to have seen so different about it. Um, a lot of it I can't really even talk about until the danger zone. Um, but I had a ton of plot, timing, and like writing issues and the way that it all kind of unfurled. Mm-hmm. Um, there were great roles. Everyone in this movie was like really well. The, every role was really well acted. Yeah, sure. Uh, Don Johnson was great. Tony Collette was despicable. She's always so good. Oh dude. my god, she's so good. She's coming off of Hereditary. Is the last thing I saw her. her. I physically was just like, ugh. She does the, like the perfect Valley Girl accent too. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's a scene in the trailer. I think I don't know if it was in this one or another one. Um, but she says something about the New York article. Yeah, and she ends her sentence with like, "You're famous," and like yeah. it's the, like the the vocal fry thing mm-hmm. going. It's just ugh. It's ugh. It's yeah. so good. And she does like that passive aggressive thing where she's like smiling and then smirking immediately, yes. like the shifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I was like having like a physically cringy yeah. reaction to her, and I'm like, damn it, she's such a good actress. Yeah. Um. So yes, overall, the roles were really well acted. I want to rewatch it, but by and large, I was very disappointed. Hmm. And at the end, kind of like tired. Really? Yeah. Okay. I had a very different experience. That sounds like. Um, I mean, viewing experience aside, I went with a couple of friends and it was, that was fun. But uh, just, just for the movie, um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, for, for again, like we're not going to spoil this. I think go into this movie blind if you can. Um, uh, so suffice to say, just from character work alone, like, 
Tony Glett's great. Everybody in this is really great. Um, surprising ones to me were Daniel Craig and Chris Evans. Like when you think of those names, I think in pop culture in 2019, you think of James Bond and you think of Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see both of them kind of shed the uh, intensity with which they played those roles being uh, maybe like an intense macho spy and or like the goody two shoes kind of emblem of America. Mm-hmm. Like they both had a blast in this movie. And every time they were doing their thing, I was just like, I just shoveling popcorn into my mouth hole. I was like, this is good. I, like Daniel Craig plays a, I guess like f- French, uh, Southern French, like Louisiana kind of like new Orleans sort yeah. of uh, accent. And it's just like, so ridiculous. Like for 15, 20 minutes, I'm like, what are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> um, and it, you get the vibe, like maybe he's going to ham it up the whole time. But uh, I think Johnson does, Ryan Johnson does a really good job of sort of like, like wavering him between like ridiculous and like, Oh, maybe he's a good detective. Um, Lakeith Stanfield's in this. I don't think I wrote him down. He plays one of the detectives too. He's great. Um, though I wish I saw more of him. Um, I think that particular role was split between two detectives and maybe didn't have to be. Um, cause Lakeith Stanfield, who you would know from sorry to bother you maybe, or, uh, Get Out, he was in Get Out also, is great. Um, Movie-wise, I did not find it tiring by the end. I actually liked how it kind of messed with my expectations. Uh, it does something that I also don't, by the way, don't love murder mystery whodunit stuff. It's whatever, it's fine. Basically, it's like you can, by the end, you need to know who does it. Can you figure it out or can't you? Like, Which is fine, but not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie doesn't necessarily do that, Yeah, which I think is kind of cool because by the time this sort of twist happens, I'm like, what what is this? Where do we go from here? Like, what can be left? And that point is early in the film. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. So, which is why I was so I was confused and and immediately more interested. I'm like, this could be something different. Also, I was hyped going in because of Brick. I had seen Brick. I know Ryan Johnson uh, is not the most traditional filmmaker. Granted, like the Last Jedi, uh, I don't like it. Stunk. Whatever. Some people like it, but I, I think objectively, Brick is an amazing movie. Those people are uh, called fools. People can like what they no, like. Uh, yeah. Um, I wasn't a fan, but so like, I didn't even know that was him. So I didn't even get excited for this movie until the very end of the trailer when it said, uh, directed by Ryan Johnson. I was like, Oh my God, this could be something very unique, very new. Um, and I found myself having a lot of similar feelings as I did last week with Ford versus Ferrari in that this is not a sequel. It's not sort of a rehashing. There's not going to be a sequel probably with all these same characters. Um, it's a new idea. I think it's done well. It was funny when it wanted to be, I think it worked for me. Um, and the characters are great. It was nice to see all these people having fun. And I think the story was compelling. So I liked it. Fair enough. I think you should rewatch it. I will rewatch it because yeah, it threw me off how much it actually shattered the mold of a murder mystery. Yeah. Like whodunit. Yeah. Um, that tipping point that was within the first 40% of the movie, I'd say, um, was really just like, okay, now where do we go from here? Yeah. Ryan Johnson said in an interview, like he, he is a big fan of, of, I can't Agatha Christie novels, like the person who wrote the murder on the Orient express, like he likes them, but also they're very formulaic. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to do something different. And the challenge was how I wanted like a Scooby-Doo pull off just the mask, mask after at the mask. end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm going to rewatch it first watch. I wasn't a fan, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to like it in the future. Yeah. Um, any performances to you uh, that really stand out besides Tony Collette? Jamie Lee Curtis is aging. Dude, she's awesome. She's another one that's having so much fun with what she's doing. Yeah, like what if she was just in something pretty serious. Halloween, yeah, Halloween, and like this is totally different. Yeah, um, I love how these characters are drawn because they're so close sometimes to being caricatures and one dimensional. But then there's also like, oh, there's, yeah. there's some depth here, mm-hmm. and I think part of that comes from having seasoned actors like Jamie Lee Curtis, yep. and Michael Shannon and Don Johnson. Like, 
great stuff. Also, we should talk about how this movie kind of is political, right? Uh, which I think works really well. It's I think you could equally call this a sort of a weird whodunit as well as like a like a satire on white privilege in a lot of ways. Yeah, because I mean, it's also important to say that this movie is set in modern times. Mm-hmm. They make a very big point of like mentioning Twitter and Netflix and um, other stuff. They mentioned Trump a few times, not by name, mm-hmm. um, but it like all takes place in this old mansion. So that's already really weird. Um, and also like Anna de Armas, who is, uh, grandpa's caretaker is not, uh, 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 you can say that, right? Yeah. Uh, a legal citizen. No, she is. She is, but her, is it her mom's not? Okay. Yeah. She's an immigrant. She's not white. She's the only, basically one of like two, um, people that are in this family, quote unquote, that is not white. And that is made very clear. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where, um, people are talking to her about how she is kind of in the family. And like, it's Don Johnson's character, like hands her a plate, like an empty plate yeah. while he's saying it. Yeah. Oh, it had me bust. Cause he did it like subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually an improv thing that the, that Don Johnson actually did. Oh, that's hilarious. It's, it's like, I think one of the, I laughed out loud. Nobody else in my theater did, which made me feel stupid or really smart. Just smart. But it was, it was so funny. There's little nods like that where it's like, you're constantly being reassured that you're part of this, but like clearly you're mm-hmm. as some of them call the help. Yeah. So uh, I would say Jamie Lee Curtis yes. stood out. Yep, sorry. <laughs> Getting back yep. to your question. Yep. Who else? Uh, Anna Darmus was amazing. She was really like versatile in this movie. Uh, I dug her character's progression. Yeah. It's kind of her first leading role, I think, um, which I would call this. I think she has a lot of screen time. Definitely. And you get a lot of the story from her perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also super refreshing, like you said, to see Daniel Craig do something outside the box. Yeah. Like, I just, maybe it's just the character of James Bond. Um or like his character in Deliverance, I think. Although Logan Lucky, do you see that? Yeah, we did it on the show. Oh, did we? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was in that, also kind of having fun, but not nearly as much fun as he's having here. Oh, yeah. Like, so with, I don't know if it's just James Bond as a serious character. With the tweed jacket. He's great, oh, man. Um, his overly giant I, cigar. God, I hope he does more like this stuff, because he's he's got some comedic chops here. I think, I mean, now that he's not in that James Bond role, it's mm-hmm. going to let him be a bit more creatively free. Yeah. Which would be cool. Cause like, apparently the dude's a really good actor. I just love Who knew? It. Yeah. Right. I love his donut analogy, by the way. Like, <laughs> Dude, that was so ridiculous. <laughs> towards the end. It's, we won't, I guess, spoil it, but there's a donut monologue. Basically he gives <laughs> the it's donut an analogy. He thinks he's just like the most brilliant. He's like, but it's this, And then it's <laughs> uh, also very funny. Our donut hole. Also, yeah, has a donut inside of in it. In another hole. But that has also has a hole. And that's the line I'm talking about. Like, are, We're just like, is he just an idiot? Right. And then there's another moment where he's like, oh, yes, he kind of gets it. He's like an idiot savant. Yeah. Uh, foghorn, leghorn yeah. type. Yeah. It was it was interesting. Yeah. I, I look forward to watching it again. I, yeah. I so prefer watching movies at home. Yeah. I'm going to rent this sucker as soon as it comes out sure. and pop it back on. Also, Chris Evans, every time he would say a swear word, I just felt like he was like, saying it as hard as he could like yeah it's like no more none of this pg or pg right? i don't know what the marvel movies are rated like pg 13. and pg 13 but you can only say one a couple of those words like once mm-hmm. uh <laughs> where he calls somebody a bitch and he's just like bitch yeah like, like he, he and peel sketch on it uh and you could just like there's some intense close-ups here and he's just you can tell he's just fine like i'm not captain america right now i'm this douchebag of a i'm a real a actor. grandson yeah i liked it a lot man yeah uh, if you get a chance to see Knives Out, please let us know. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to crack open our second. Actually, uh, whoa, we interrupt this program. What do you want to do with this guy? I'm going to point to it. So we, if you don't want to do it now, we don't have to. We can do it whenever you want. Well, we could do it before let's, the break. Let's do it at the top of the danger zone. Okay, that's great. Or at the great. top of the third segment. What are we going to do with this one then? Second. 
third. I don't know. Okay, fine. We'll squeeze this later. So as I was saying, we're going to come back. We're going to do one to two more beers. Uh, and by the end of the show, we'll give you one more warning for spoilers for Knives Out. Um, but if you have seen it, let us know what you think. You can get a hold of us from all the stuff we said at the beginning. Uh, and we'll be right back. So stick around. Okay, we are back. Uh, to clarify what we were talking about moments ago, we, on last week's episode, had a beer from Founders called Curmudgeon's Better Half. We had the theory that it was not infected, but otherwise maybe just poorly handled or something. It was extremely carbonated. You can check out our Instagram. Um, and we promised we would revisit it. And we have done that now. We opened up uh, this new bottle and a similar, but to a less extent, thing happened. Oh, it's still going. It is still kind of, but not nearly as, like I think half the bottle emptied on the other one. Yeah, it was a lot. We basically opened it up and it immediately started kind of bubbling out of the bottle. Uh, we reached out to Founders, didn't hear back. Um, so Founders be more like Flatland. Uh, so we're just not going to do that beer now. Yeah, still bad. Yep. Um, so what we are going to do is open up our proper second and uh, final beer. Johnny. And do you want the honors of pronouncing this or do you want me to? Uh, it looks like fun. Have you tried it yet? Because I've been working at it for about an hour. Chrysatos. Yeah, it's always Chrysatos. Yeah, Chrysatos sounds better. Chrysatos. Uh, it's a beer by Mason Aleworks. And it, it wasn't even hard. Chrysatos. 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 Yeah, you did a good job. Uh, Mason Aleworks, we've done a few of their beers in the past. We did a tremendously disgusting um, beer called, I think it was called the Queen Anne Stout. Yeah. Um, that was also a collab. Was it? Oh, that's right. It was, yeah. Uh, a real stinker. Um, I'm not all that familiar with their beers. I know I've had something that I liked. Dankenstein's uh, Monster. Dankenstein's Monster I liked. Thank you. Cash. Uh, coffee yeah. Stout. Wow, you're on it. You like that quite a bit. Uh, but this is a Golden Stout. Yeah. Which is not a common style. I don't think we've done one, definitely not more than one other one on the show. Um, you're smelling it like it smells great. Uh, you said that was a collaboration. Also, this one is. Uh, it's with Horace Agedales, potentially a silent H, Horus Agedales, um, out of Oceanside. Mason Ale Works is out of San Marcos, California. And it's 12.5%. We'll read a little bit is more about it. it. It's, that's what it's got online. Holy Let shit. me double. There's been a couple variations of this, I think, but yep, twelve and a half percent. Wow. So it's an imperial uh, golden stout with coconut and coffee. I wrote vanilla because uh, I had the wrong batch that I got online. So coconut and coffee. Uh, go for it. Doesn't look like a stout. That's kind of the thing with golden stouts. Wow. Looks more like a brown ale to me. Spears tremendous. Tremendous, you say? It's tremendous. Why? It's got. All kinds of flavor packed into it. There's a ton of coffee with like subtle shaved coconut, toasted coconut flavors. Uh, it tastes like a big, bad stout. And it is brownish. Does it taste like really it does taste no, like a stout? No, it tastes like a stout. Like if you were blind, you would have said this was a pitch black sort of this, viscous beer? Yeah, not viscous. Okay. It's not as thick on the mouth, but um, man, this beer is really surprisingly good. It packs this nice like mocha punch almost, like a... Like tons of coffee, a lot of sweetness. Oh my man, there's lactose in this. Heads up. Oh, just just seeing that on the damn it. As I'm sure you are. Well, too. this beer sucks now. <laughs> Maybe you love lactose, and that's just you've been missing out on life. Probably. But, uh, I could have just not said anything. No, you would have died. I appreciate you saying something. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, no. So you get like a ton of 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 that sweetness mixed with that coffee. It's like a almost like a frappuccino. Oh, is that right? Yeah, like a twelve percent frappuccino. It smells quite toasty. It's really good. Yeah, it was. They added toasted coconut, lactose, obviously, uh, Belgian candy sugar, uh, and uh, I'm going to say Marea uh, Momentum Blend Coffee. Okay, whatever that is. Uh, also, if you're curious, if you've never heard the word Crusatus before, Crusatos, um, it is the second half of 
the proper name for a golden eagle, which is Acala Christeos. Christeos. Come on, man. Christeos. 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 Oh, I can't say this. Uh, so that's what it means. It's got a golden eagle on it. That's what that means. Yep. I'm going to try it now. Try it out. I really like it. And if you can have lactose, I think you will really like it too. It's quite pleasant. It's sweeter than I expected. It's it. so sweet. It's, uh, I wasn't ready for that. Um, yeah, it drinks like it drinks like a um, like a heavy brown ale or something. Yeah, can like, I see the can? Yeah, like real, real syrupy. Um, and I don't like it as much as you do. I like it okay. I think is my initial reaction. It's it's better than fine, less than good for me. Yeah. So. You know, would you believe this beer's twelve and a half percent? No, that's crazy. Prince. That is a bit shocking. It, I mean, if I know that it's twelve and a half percent, I'm going to point to the sweetness being sort of the main culprit that hides the alcohol. So I wouldn't say this beer's balanced necessarily. If I didn't know what the ABV was, I'd be like, man, this is a really incredibly sweet eight percent beer, maybe. But there's so much sweetness that it's hard to gauge. It's real the sweet. alcohol. Yeah. Um, but I, that's so weird. Like adding uh, candy sugar and lactose, like. They're going for sweetness here. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, I think they're achieving it. Uh, no, I'll say it. I think it's for worse. I think this is too sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, if this were a traditional stout, I think we'd both be saying it's pretty one-dimensional. Uh, golden stouts are a particular thing, though. You really got to be going for it. Uh, what is the what is the malt they used on here? It's on the side. Um, I can't think of what it is. Mm-hmm. Middle of the can. Malt. Says grain bill. Maybe they no below that. Hops. Oh, hops. What's the grain bill? It doesn't say, man. What's the grain bill? Oh, grain bill. It's at the top. Uh Maris Otter, Golden Promise, Golden Oats, Flaked Barley, and Rolled Oats. Really leaning on the golden. Yep. Yeah, I'd like to compare that to a grain bill of a traditional stout, but it's intense, man. It's an intense beer. Obviously, you can't really drink much of it because you're lactose intolerant. Yeah. Um, but you did like it before you knew that. Oh yeah, it tastes like a like a like a like a vanilla coconut frappuccino type thing. You know, I don't get a lot of the coffee. How, I don't understand how. You don't no. understand how I don't get the coffee. Yeah, I get I get the um, the coconut. I I just think the coffee. I I just attribute coffee with more of a bitter taste. Mm. And this is way too sweet. Mm. That said, there are like you're saying frappuccinos. There are sweet coffee drinks, but I don't taste the coffee in those either. That's why twelve year olds like frappuccinos. Uh, do frappuccinos even come with coffee? Do Some you? of them don't. You can get like a strawberry one. You can get a double chocolate chip one, which is what I had first time I had Starbucks. Actually, it was eighth grade, seventh grade. My crush bought me one. Your crush? My crush. <laughs> uh, I don't think she lists. We're still friends. Her name's Tierney. Uh, she, we were dating in like seventh grade for a few weeks, and we had a Starbucks around the corner from our middle school, and she bought me a double chocolate chip frappuccino. Did she even know who you were? Uh, I didn't know who I was. Quad shot, espresso, <laughs> splash of water. I don't know. I was much less jaded then. Yeah. I liked sweet things and rainbows and happiness. And joy. And now I like the rain yeah. and black coffee and this. Not this beer. This beer is not for me, but beer mm. is the point. Yeah. You're not going to taste that again, are you? Uh, I'm going to, no. Okay. Then um, do, you have a, do you have anything else you can add about this at this point? Well, it's very enjoyable if you're in the market for like a, a definitely a desserty sweet stout, uh, deceptive at twelve and a half percent. This would, this would have been a great beer to take to Thanksgiving. It yep, uh, it's a very desserty beer. Yeah, it's extremely dessert dessert biased. This would be good with coffee cake. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say pound cake, but same idea. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, whatever you want to do with cake on your own sure. time is your yeah. own business, sir. Uh, I like it. I wish I could drink it because I think it is quite tasty. 
uniquely good for i mean you don't see any golden stout so we that's why we did how this many beer. do you think you've had in your life like three yeah me too like not many i could i couldn't name them either Fieldwork does one i think it's called master of disguise oh i actually have had that nice there you go there's another one i tried stone did one too that did was they? really good i, I believe they did they've right. done like two of everything it sure. seems like yeah they seem like a logical one to say that but yeah the fieldwork one was really good and then I think wasn't the fieldwork one called like white mocha or something like that. Uh, I can find out for you. I've had a beer called white mocha. Really? Yeah, that's probably pretty good. Um, I'm pulling up a list of golden stouts on rate beer. Um, do you want to read a couple of these? Uh, Alvarado Street Cookies and Cream, uh, Noble Ale Works, Naughty Nuts. Damn, Noble Ale Works has all of them. Yeah, Noble Ale Works likes the golden stouts. Keep going down. Uh, let's see. It's all like like yeah. like si- or seven through seventeen. I think is I've, basically all noble. I think I've had the funky Buddha mm-hmm. golden stout. Oh, I'm sure Bel- we've had the Belching Beaver. That one sounds familiar. Uh, let's see. Other than that, you know, Twin Sales, Thirty Two North, Black Abbey, bunch of breweries you've not heard of. A Kern lot. River does one. Yeah, oh, they, they did do. a twelfth anniversary one. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting indeed. So not a very popular style. But they're, I mean, some of them rate really high. So yeah. I'd like to do more of them. I think the, it is white mocha from yeah, field work. Yep, that's interesting. Oh, All right. I could have sworn there was like, or maybe I think Master of Disguise might have been New Glory. I think Master of Disguise, ooh, it might have been. Sounds, or that might have been the stone one. Yeah, maybe. We're uh, going to find, find out. out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh. Stone. It is stone. Yeah, there's Stochasticity Project. Stochasticity. Stochasticity. Is that it? Stochasticity? I think so. Words are not my best thing today. That's fine. Yeah. So I've had that too. That one was good. So those are the three we've had, including this one. Yep. Great. I can't recall any ones I've, any other ones I've had. Yeah, it is just such a unique style because you give away sort of what people love in a stout, which is like the roastiness and the the big um, chocolatey notes and the uh, oftentimes coffee, but... Uh, what else would you just call of every stout? I taste coffee. You get coffee. In this okay, one. but you don't get nearly the kind of like the dark roastiness and the chocolateiness, right? I guess it's pretty roasty. Yeah, but it's different. Like you can tell this isn't a stout. Yeah, like it doesn't taste like a. I don't know what else to say, but a traditional stout. Like it doesn't taste like a, a dark stout to me. Right. Um, and I think that's from the the malt bill or the however they're roasting their grains. You know, stuff about beers that I will just pretend I know. Totally. So that's what it is. God, that beer's so sweet. Yeah, it's it's getting sweeter as it warms up, too. Yep. Um, all right. Well, unless you have anything else to add. I think I'm there. That is Chrysatus. Christ, Chris, what did you say? Chrysatos. Chrysatos. I like that a lot better. Uh, from Mason Aleworks, uh, collaboration with Horace Agedales. Uh, where'd you get it? Spikes Bottle Shop. Spikes Bottle Shop. And roughly how much? Five doll hairs. That feels high. That's fine. That feels it's about right. It's 12 and a half You're right. You're right. That feels fine. Uh, let Take us know what you think. Take off your crazy <laughs> you pants. to try it. We're moving right along into Hot and Bothered. Before... We move on. We're sure. going to rate Damn this beer it. like we do. To be fair. To be fair. This hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. Continue. I'm not letting you get by that easy, though. Uh, okay. We're going to rate this beer. Let's rate this beer. And Max is going to go first. Okay. Uh, six. Perfect. Six out of ten. It's fine. Brief to the point. That's it. Six out of ten. Yeah. What would you change? More Less sweet? Yeah, way less sweet. I would uh, I would carb it up a little bit. It feels a bit flat to me. More bitter. More I angry. Would, I would take out some dairy so my friend Johnny could have it. Yes. Um, I don't know. I hate the can. <laughs> I should really? say that too. Well, I hate this side of the can. Like oh, this yeah. other side. If I saw this on the shelf, I'd be like, put some effort in you guys. Yeah. The bird's cool. The though. bird's cool. I'll be honest. I forgot there was a bird on it because it was facing the other way, mm. but it's, you know, so quick, whatever. It's just so fine. Oh, quick to forget the bird again. But you know that it's because since it's above, a, above like a four, I'm going to drink more of this. 
but I'm never going to buy it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm obviously never going to buy it again because it's full of things that will kill me from the inside. Yes, I will remind you, you were big on this beer before you hated it. Oh, yeah. I still think it's good. Because of lactose, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's real sweet. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main problem with this beer. But I think it, you could honestly drink this a bit colder than Rim Temp, which we were consuming it at. I yeah, was that's a, true. I was thinking, oh, you know, it's a stout type Warm it up. beer. Warm it up. I think this would actually be a little bit better, uh, about 15 degrees colder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for a golden stout, it's good. Golden stouts, from my knowledge, are supposed to be on the sweeter side. They are. Yep. So can't really fault it there. Um, if I could drink it, I would be heartily consuming it. So I'm going to endorse this beer. I'm going to say it's good. I'm going to say it's a like a 7 point. That's not that good. Two. You're not even getting the 8s with all that endorsement? You're not going to 8? Well. That's barely better than mine. It would be in the 8s if I could drink it. You can't hold that against it. I sure, sure can. can. Yeah, that's true. You can. <laughs> Whose podcast point, is this? Seven point what? Two? Two. All right. Let's yeah. Go. For five bucks for a 12% beer. Um, that's a good ass deal. I'm just saying it's a really good deal. Bang for the buck alcohol wise. And also I really do like the flavors. Sure. Uh, and if I could drink it, it would be in like the eight, three range. Yeah. Okay. So solid one point deduction. Because you can't drink it. Because I can't drink it. I mean, that is a fair thing if you're going on personal taste, mm-hmm. obviously. Exactly. Or lack of taste. Yes. And subjectivity is the gasoline that fuels this engine. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying the name again. You say it. Uh, what is it? Chris Satos from Mason Aleworks and uh, Horace. Horace. Horace Agedales. We're done with it. Get out of here. Moving into Hot and Bothered for real this time. Uh, Johnny Summers, give me a bothered. You kind of already hinted at it. Um, yeah, one of the things that bothered me about my moving going experience, besides the terrible garbage human beings to my left and right, chatty, was the fact <laughs> that the actual movie did not start on time. I want to say that you don't have to complain about anything. I'm, I feel like you're under the impression you have to find something to complain about. That's not oh, that big of a this, I've been pissed about this since yesterday. Okay. Okay. Fine. fine. Now's the time to vet. All right. So you go to a movie. It says it starts at 540. Sure. What time do you think the credits should start rolling? You mean the opening credits? No. Like the trailers. Oh, the trailers start at five. Well, how technical do you want me to get? The first movie trailer. Five. Not the thanks for coming early. No, you get about 543. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Not only did 542. they. 542. Okay. Okay. So I walk in. When you walked into the theater, were the house lights on super bright? Like, like they put them on when they're cleaning? No. Okay. So the house lights were on all the way up. What was the reason for this? I don't know. They might have had some problems with the projector. I walked in. House lights were on. Yeah. Projector was fine because Maria Menudos was doing her thing. That is kind of her her wheelhouse nowadays. Yep. So she's good. Things are going great. Uh, you can find her on Cameo as well. Is that it? I don't know. That's the app where yeah, yeah. washed up celebrities. Did you yeah. see that video of the guy that got broken up by with by Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray? I don't know any of what you're saying. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll, we'll talk about this later. Um, Did you say the guy that got broken up with? Is he gay? Mark McGrath? No. Oh. Um all right, side note, sure. Cameo is a service where, say, you, Max Minardi Celebrity, yes. I could pay you $20 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to film a video for me. For, like, your birthday or something. Yeah. yeah. Somebody broke up with their boyfriend by oh. sending them a video of Mark McGrath saying, I don't want to date you anymore. That's that's hardcore. Like, the dude from Sugar Ray just broke up I wonder with if me. that person loved Sugar Ray. Right? In which case, maybe they would hate Sugar Ray after that. Or maybe, like, soften the blow. Maybe. Like, they just want to fly. Yep. It's fine. Yep. So, Bria Manitos is there doing her thing, so obviously the projector's fine. Yeah, okay. House lights, still up. Like, it's daylight in there. It's mm-hmm. real bright. Mm-hmm. Usually it's ambient lighting, setting the mood, not too bright. Sure. Very strange to walk into a, a movie theater that brightly lit. So, they forget, I think, that the house lights were 
all the way up mm-hmm. until halfway through the first movie trailer, oh. which did not start until 5.50. Okay. So 10 minutes late. Sure. House lights still on. It was, I was so frustrated. Sure. And the, I don't um, relate to this, but I hear you. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, just start the thing. Okay. Turn the lights off. Start the movie. It's not hard. I mean, I couldn't run a projector. <laughs> so, but I'm You could run a light switch, though. That's true. I do have faith in you in that department. Thanks, man. So that really bothered you. Yeah. Okay. That was that was quite the bother. All right. And then it just snowballed into sure. people talking too much and sure. distracting me from the movie and being annoying and blah, blah, blah. Well, what made you happy? What had you hot? Well, this last week was Thanksgiving. Great. What, and, a, what a transition. <laughs> yeah. And I was real thankful for some days off work and getting together with my family. I haven't seen uh, most of my family in six months or so. It was our last get-together. My Your parents, parents been traveling, yeah? Parents have been out of the state. My sisters are both off living their lives, so it was really nice. We all got together at my sister's house in SAC, uh, had a bunch of drinks, a bunch of food, played games, laughed with the kids, uh, had a really good time. So it was super nice to just break bread and, and enjoy some beers and have a debate with my mother about White Claw versus Truly. What's the debate? There is no debate. No She's debate. wrong. Yeah. Well, it wasn't her. It was my sister. Yeah. Either way. She's wrong. Get out. It's just yeah. not. I know this is your house, but leave. It's not a debate. White Claw's way better. 100% of the time. We've done this. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it was really nice to just catch up. And it was like uh, one of those moments where it's like, yeah, this is like old times. I felt like dude from the office where he was like. How do you we... know the good times when you're. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally took a moment and I was like. Should we say the quote? Because we're just both like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. It's so when Andy Bernard says. I wish there was a way of telling. If, I wish there was a way of knowing you were in the good old days before they were passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. What a what a quote. It's poignant from an idiot. Seriously, but it was one of those days where I'm like, I'm going to remember this Thanksgiving, you know. And everyone was just laughing, and it was fun. Nobody talked about politics. Everyone got along. Sure, uh, it was great. So uh, my hot is you know family get-togethers and good times and. Just really enjoying each other's company. Love it, was, it. It was good. It's been a really shit year, too. It's been a fine year. Well, my sister's house burned down. Not great. And it was the first holiday since Shalina's mom died. Okay. <laughs> it's been a rough year. It's Sorry. been a terrible year. Because last Thanksgiving was three weeks after the fire. Yeah. So the last 12 months have been a really interesting time period for a lot of people. And especially some of the people in my family. So it was nice to just take a moment and like tell my sister I was proud of her. Because she's had a terrible year, and you know, Shalina's had a terrible year, so it was cool. It was a good moment. Well, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, my turn. Yeah, I suppose. I guess. Um, I got this is nothing crazy. Uh, back to sort of movie stuff. I got a chance to revisit The Witch, uh, which is a movie by Robert Eggers. Uh, if you've been listening to our show recently, he is the writer director of The Lighthouse. It was a great episode that we did. Johnny actually wasn't on it because he I was in Reno. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. If, especially if you like horror movies. I got fired for a week. Yeah, he uh, Robert Eggers is I think one of the most interesting uh, horror director writer directors making movies right now. Up there with uh, I would say maybe Jordan Peele. Um, I had another one in mind the other night when I was watching this, and now I feel so stupid because I can't remember it. Well, you are so unnecessary insult. I'm gonna ignore it. But The Witch is a movie that when it came out, I did not like it. It's it's a it's a New England uh, folk. It, well, it says in the opening credit like a New England folktale, but it's a horror movie um, about this Puritan family. That, why do I feel like I just talked about this? Probably because mm-hmm. I talked about the lighthouse. Is my guess. I don't know. Um, 
It's all new to me, man. Well, there you haven't seen The Witch? No, I have. I okay. didn't like it. Right. You should rewatch it. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I really, really didn't like it. I didn't like it so much that when I went to see The Lighthouse, I was like, I'm not going to like this movie because I really didn't like The Witch. Yeah. Um, it's a, like I said, a New England folktale is how it's branded. It came out 2015, by the way. It's on, uh, I think I saw it on. It's uh, on Netflix Hulu. right now. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. So it's a few places. Um, it stars Anya Taylor-Joy in one of her first sort of roles. Uh, as in on like a main main character type role, um, a whole bunch of people from Game of Thrones. <laughs> if you watch that, I won't bother everybody oh, yeah. right now with the with the cast list. But uh, this family is exiled from a village for basically being too intense in their religion. And Dad's like, "We don't need this anyways. We'll go and we'll farm off the land," uh, which is stupid because it's not good land. Like you're not going to do a good job, man. What was the big creepy goat's name? Uh, Black Philip. Black Philip. So there's a lot of like Satanism in this. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like very much like 1600s, like science has made this better now, but at the time, very creepy. And this movie, like The Lighthouse, is just steeped in like gross creepiness. I don't know how else to describe it. It's creepy, um, but it's so again similar to The Lighthouse. You have to be in, like, you have to commit. You have to like just go with whatever's happening. Cause if you're like, if you want to pick it apart, I think you can. Um, and it be, it can become a little goofy. But if you're going for it, it's such a weird balance too. Like, it can be goofy, and there's an argument to be made like that. Therefore, it's not a good horror movie. It's not objectively scary, but I disagree. Mm, I, I yeah, think I if, would... if you commit to whatever the movie – it's like an old horror movie. We've mm-hmm. talked about this. Like Special effects don't necessarily hold up, but like Suspiria, the 76 or whatever, not the best special effects, but very effective if you're going with what the cast and what the director is giving you. Mm-hmm. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is great in this. There's some piece of shit couple of twins that are just creepy and weird – because they're twins in a horror movie. Um, but there's a lot of like stuff about the woods and mm-hmm. witches and, and sacrificing babies and like bathing in their blood, like that kind of stuff. If that kind of stuff freaks you out. Also like a lot of God stuff. So if that stuff freaks you out, also a lot of scariness in this movie. Gotcha. Check it out though. So yes, you just recap the plot. Hmm. What changed? I don't really know. I think it's my understanding of horror movies. I think I went in the first time expecting, um, more of a mainstream horror film and, and Robert Eggers does not make those okay. at this point. Yeah. Um, oh, Ari Aster is the other one. Hereditary. Okay. Uh, Midsummer. Midsommar. Ah. Great horror movie maker. Um, Great filmmaker. Yeah, like, sure. Those are horror adjacent. I would call them horror. I don't think Midsommar is a horror movie. I would wholeheartedly disagree. Mm. But, you know, scholars can debate that all they want. That's we're going right. to drink beer. Obviously, movies. we're scholars. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, like... I think it was important to know the context. It was important to know the director and know who's telling the story um, to understand sort of their perspective on what it means to have a scary thing be scary rather than like a slasher film. Nobody likes being chased, whatever. Jump scares are terrible. There's no jump scares in The Witch. It's not that kind of movie. Scary scares. Scary scares. So Yeah. So did you like it more? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's I, I definitely appreciated it more. It's, okay. Again, like, it's scary. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I but just... it's 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 horrifying. Okay. In, in like, some unspeakable ways where you finish the movie and you're just like, you feel different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good horror. Like, it's, it's something that sticks with you when you leave the theater. Mm-hmm. And you feel either gross or scared or whatever it is, but it's something that you can't just... Unsettled. That's a movie. You feel unsettled. Yep. Uh, and part of it is that it's grounded in, like, probably what families like this felt in the 1600s because they're dumb idiots and that's all they know. Mm. So why wouldn't there be witches murdering your family? And why wouldn't you have to like punish your children crazily and hate them and like blame everything on Satan and pray to God instead of 
doing other things at work also <laughs> or not, depending on what you think. Right. Whatever. It's divisive in that way, which yeah. I also think is pretty cool. I feel like I should have liked it the first time, and then maybe it's worth the second watch. It for sure is. Yeah. This is a day of rewatchable movies. All right. Yeah. For Knives Out in this. Fair enough. Speaking of which. Nice. Shall we? Let's dive back in. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Okay. Um, stab me with some spoilers, Johnny. We're going to get into Knives Out spoilers. Like we've all just walked out of the theater. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to stab you so much. <laughs> I didn't feel, I felt okay about saying that. Yeah. It wasn't my most creative transition. That's fine. Alas, here we are. Alas. Danger zone. Dangerous zones of spoiling. Uh, anything you know you want to hit? Um, you mentioned, uh, if I may tell you what you want to hit. <laughs> You mentioned... uh, (laughs) Thank you. I'll just sit back. Yeah, like you said, some of this stuff was tough to talk about without spoiling because of... Well, we we were both talking about sort of the unconventional way of revealing who the killer is. Yeah. uh, About, I don't know, 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah. With another hour and a half to go. Yeah. Uh, Two hours, maybe? Yeah. No, it's a two-hour movie. It's a... Yeah, you're right. Um, Crazy move. You don't see that in murder mysteries because, again, like like Ryan Johnson said, like in traditional murder mysteries and whodunits that's the thing yeah you find out inside 20 minutes yeah, that crazy marta kills him uh yeah yes well yeah, well yeah right so this is the again full spoilers here yeah because she doesn't she doesn't <laughs> but she thinks but, she does and then you find out later in the movie she really didn't correct crazy shit, see i think that man. was a really cool twist yeah it was pretty cool um but again unconventional yeah so for me when i found out like oh okay we know who the killer is my reaction is like interesting where's it gonna go and it sounds like yours might have been like okay what's the point yeah i was like cool we know who did it now it's like getting to the point of how does she get away with it right like i knew immediately then like okay so either she's gonna get away with right. it or she's not so it's obviously not a whodunit at that point it's right. more of a uh a, a cr- crime caper sure i think what was go ahead Sorry. i wanted so much more of assuming that the family did it Sure. I would have loved this movie more if it would have been more traditional, like hmm. finding that shit out later. And like, cause I honestly, I had, um, I can't remember his name, but uh, ransom the dude, no, no, the dude with the cane. That's like the bad guy Shannon, from, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon, who was character. like the baddest bad guy. Was it Walt? I think it was Walt. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, like shape of water. Yep. He was just the, the stereotypical just, bad yeah. guy. Yeah. He's bad guy. Um, I wanted more suspense with that because the way, like the way the trailer looked like they're going to be interrogating the whole family yeah. the whole time. Obviously one of them did it and like that was just thrown out the window. So well, like, that's my point. Like that's every other who done it. Yeah. But like they didn't they, the, see it was, it was not as advertised. No. And the trailer made it seem like it was going to be one way. And then it was like, Oh, just kidding. We're going to tell you who did it immediately. But you love that. You love when a trailer doesn't give away the movie. I don't I, do. I don't see how you're not loving how I don't see how you love how it didn't confuse or how it did confuse you. I wanted to be more um I wanted there to be more mystery around it. This movie was advertised as like a mystery who done it comedy type flick, right? I the mystery was not about who did it or who didn't do it. You find out exactly what happens. Mm-hmm way too early and then it's a matter of like well no because like it turns out that the way you're saying like that's not even what happens right that's the extra twist at the end all right well the whole the main point is to find out if someone murdered him or if he killed himself right well that's what we're presented with but i'm saying that's not even the point right which is why it's cool yeah uh i would also argue that the the mystery is heightened because you don't even understand what the central mystery is therefore making it a better mystery (laughs) i i don't know that's the case i would make 
and it feels right to me. You don't know what I like. Want. You don't even know why what you should be looking for, which is why it deconstructs this genre so well. Because like, I'm not just constantly trying to be like, oh, well, he could have been like, it's a fucking Clue. They even that's the funny joke too. They're like, this basically lives in a Clue board. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes away basically. Um, the action instead of the big reveals being like he was here, he used this. This is why it turns it into a movie about motive, which makes it so much better for characters. Like you can you can delve into why these characters are the way they are versus, and I think the grandma is a great example of this. Like she seems so suspicious. You're like clearly she can't have anything to do with it. It would be too easy. But that's the kind of character that is in these movies. Like you have the quiet old lady, the the foreign uh, diplomat, like whatever, um, and. It's always just like, therefore he did this and you get all this in like a montage of information at the end. But here we're like doled out little bits of everybody's story um, and you get a chance to d- to dive into their motives rather than just their actions. And I think that's what – I think it's very cool. And I that's like what I think. the uh, the overhearing of conversations that they all yeah. had. That was kind of fun too. Because it's also like – granted, I think there's probably movies out there that really throw you into subjectivity in terms of flashbacks. You get a flashback but it's from the liar's perspective so you're getting the lie. Here, again, like it's spelling it out for us pretty much. It's like, here's what actually happened. And then we deal with the characters in the one-on-one interviews as they're trying to tie up these lies, which is also something I've never seen in this kind of movie, which is also very cool. Yeah. I think the main problem is that I watched this movie through the wrong lens. I was expecting one thing and it threw me off when it wasn't that. And you don't love that. Yeah, I don't love I it. love that. Well, I had wrapped my head around trying to enjoy a film in a genre that I don't enjoy. Yeah. And it became a film that diverged from that genre. It so in the genre anyway. Exactly. Yeah. It diverged from that so dramatically that like I was confused, but also like the whole movie, I was like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. What? What? I just love that though. And I, I guess that's the difference in viewing. If you, if you don't want to be um, surprised. surprised? Yeah. yeah, I guess like maybe you won't like it. Well, like we, we've, we've, said these types of movies are very formulaic and i went in kind of expecting but you went in expecting the formula but hating the formula yeah but like wrapped my head around enjoying it because of the cast and maybe it had okay. witty writing like sure. prove to me that this formula can work it, do- it just doesn't like we've ex- we've I we've think, exhausted it yeah and that's run- what he said he's just like that's what he's staying with this movie he's just like there's nothing new to be mined from the traditional uh linear storytelling of a whodunit so i'm going to change it and flip it on its ass and flip you on your ass while you're watching yeah. it there were some screenings where Ryan Johnson would come on screen, the director, and would say, uh, basically before the movie starts, "Hey, audience, don't spoil this. Don't spoil the twist ending of this movie on social media or something," which is cool, but also like kind of sets you up for an extra twist, which I didn't know was coming. Right, which was super tight. Like it caught me off guard. I was like, "Oh, like this whole time I've been thinking Anna Diarmas had done it," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh no, Chris Evans said it." But I think if you get that disclaimer, you're like expecting the extra twist, which takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that sucks, but. Yeah. Also, uh, more testament to the fact that the end twist is sort of the thing that kind of ties it back into this genre, which sure. makes it sort of still a whodunit. Yeah. I think. And I, I like the through line of, of Anna D'Armas' character, like just being good and pure. The and only like, one. The only one. Yeah. And I really like that. It was an interesting allegory to like uh, income inequality and like just that fact that like if you're a good person, like maybe something good will happen to you someday. And sure. like someone saw her true worth and like. In relation to his family, he saw how much value she actually had and how, you know, she was actually like a really good person and in fact deserved this way more than her family or his family. Yeah, worth noting, like Harlan, the the grandfather, is like a pretty decent dude. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a whole lot of meta elements in this movie where like 
he is a murder mystery writer, but mm-hmm. we're in a murder mystery. And like, there's that second cop, the the white dude that's like a huge fanboy, who's like kind of commentating on all this, and it kind of feels like we're watching one of Harlan's books, right? And I think even uh, Tony Collette says something like, "Like Dad had a secret language," and you you'd have to. It feels like we're in one of his games right now, and like there's these constant reassurances, like we're watching something like one of his books. I kept waiting for the dude to still be alive. Sure, it's like he's just gonna pop up. Yeah, and be like ha ha. Yeah. I don't know, man. I like this a lot. I think it definitely deserves a rewatch uh, now that you know what you know. Yeah. It'll play differently. I think it will, and I think I'll probably enjoy it because mm-hmm. I don't think it was a bad movie. It was just one of those ones that, like, un- admittedly distracted sure. during this movie, and I think it's something that requires your full attention. Yeah. And I think I, yeah. it didn't have it for me by any stretch of the imagination, so – yeah, it's worthy of a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing else, just to see Tony Collette smirk. Dude, yeah. So many of those characters are so good. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I wanted to mention that was really good. We should, there's uh, the two grandkid, grand grandkids, uh, Meg and the other kid whose name I can't remember. I think the yeah. Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> like she's, they're basically two ends of the social media children spectrum. Like you have like the alt right and like the social justice warrior liberal person. Yeah. Watching them. They're both obviously shitty too. Like, yeah. Um, at one point, somebody calls Anna de Armas's character like, are you the help? And Meg Rush is like, she's not the help. How dare you? Like, she's like clearly making a scene and be like, no, I don't feel this way. I'm woke. Mm-hmm. And other dudes just like on, uh, what's the fucking, what's, um, you know, Rush Limbaugh, but not him. Alex Jones. What's yeah. that called? What's that website? Oh, uh, oh, Wars. Infowars. Info Wars. That's right. Like, he's clearly just like, res- like retweeting Infowars clips. Yeah. Uh, the kid from It, actually. Mm-hmm. The older brother from It with the stutter. Uh, didn't have a lot to say in this one, actually, ironically. Yeah. Or maybe fittingly. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it, w- it was interesting, like you said. All those little me- meta sprinkles in there. A little yeah. social commentary here and there. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a really well put together movie that I will probably enjoy at some point in the future. Yeah. Fucking rich people. That's his movie. It's That's, this movie. It's it Ready is. or Not. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of movies this year. Just like fucking rich people. Yeah. You could it's great. take that a step further and say, fucking white people, fucking rich white people. <laughs> I love, by the way, like one of the final shots is um, once we know that all of the stuff was given by Harlan to Marta, she's like on the balcony mm-hmm. looking down at these people like, this is my house now. You have to go. I love that scene with her and the cane guy. In, uh, yeah. In, in the hallway. In the hallway. So good. He's trying to blackmail her. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's like we could have your mother deported. Like yeah, with our, with all the resources, with all of our resources, we could help you fix that. And she's like, oh, so you're so saying I'm good? Like yeah. it's all mine already, dude. Because all your resources are now mine. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, bye. That's great. Yeah, I like the way she played it. Yeah, was this movie ever scary to you? No, no, not at all. Was it funny to you? Yes, moments. It was. I loved Daniel Craig. Yeah, I did like too. I want to watch it again right now. I'm gonna go home and illegally Benoit stream this. Blanc. <laughs> yeah, yeah which is well. when that uh, Tony Collette's like Mr. Blank. Oh God! Oh, dude, the other so like tying back into like how the family's always Tamarta is always saying things like, "You're part of the family. We'll take care of you. We'll go for you. Don't worry. I know he's dead, but you're part of the family." Mm-hmm. The joke of them never knowing where she's from. Yeah, like the first time I think it's Ecuador, and then it's Uruguay, like, and then like Brazil. <laughs> no, because she's actually from Uruguay, isn't she? I don't or know. Paraguay. I don't know. I don't. They said like five of them. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's another one that a lot of people in my theater didn't catch. The, yeah. I don't know. I think and I saw it with a lot of the kind of white people. They're like, that's yeah. all, that's all Mexico, isn't it? They're like, yeah. God. Ugh. Yeah. Whatever. And I loved the running joke of, uh, well, we really wanted you at the funeral, but yeah. I, I was outvoted. Oh like my gosh. Several people yeah. said that to yep. her. Yep. 
It's like, great. Man, everyone that voted says they were outvoted. Like, yeah. That's yeah, really funny. Yep. Yeah, there were definitely moments I liked. So, Knives gotta, out. Got to watch it with a fresh set of peepers. You got anything else? No. Okay. I don't, man. End of show notes. Write us in if you've had any of the beers we've drank. If you've seen Knives Out or any of our flick picks, please let us know. We love it. Twitter, Instagram, fhccast.gmail.com. Also, you could join us on Patreon. You can check out our website, freshhopcinema.com. Um, the show wouldn't be possible without Bailey Minardi. That's worth saying. Uh, any last things? Teasing for next week? Anything at all? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think we have a movie lined up yet. I'm so sure we do. We can't tease that. Star Wars episode is coming. That's going to be our Christmas episode. Is it? Yeah, it comes out December 20th. I'm going to fight you on that because we also have Little Women coming out, which is directed by Greta Gerwig and has Saoirse Ronan in it and all sorts of people. Probably do both. Okay. But Star Wars for the past couple of years has been a yeah. thing. Not that either of us are real happy about that. No, we haven't liked any of them, yeah. except I liked Rogue One. But this is the last one. And I liked Solo. Oh, that's true. So that wasn't, is that even, I don't think that's even part of it. It's Han Solo's origin story. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with like the Ray. No. What's her name? Not at all. Ray. Ray something. Skywalker. Ray Gon Jin. Sure. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, stay tuned. New episodes coming uh, next Tuesday. If you really want your fix of us, you can join us on Patreon. Like I said, that's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. We will see you next time. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.